politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. You know what happens? There's a scheduling conflict. So Stacey Abrams, the Democrat candidate for Georgia, can't show up. President's there. Scheduling conflict happens all the time when the president comes to your state. I mean, you know, you're shopping. All of a sudden, oh, president, I, I can't make it. I got a, I got a thing. I got a thing to do. Welcome to the podcast. How are you this afternoon? That's what happened. Stacey Abrams, the uh, Democrat candidate for governor, was a no-show today for President Biden in Georgia. A total no-show. And the White House tried to act it. Oh, it's, it's all good. No, it's just a it's, listen, scheduling thing. That's all it was. You know, it happens all the time. No big deal. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. Unbelievable. I mean, really, I, I love, I love too, the fact that they're trying to pretend as if Stacey Abrams doesn't want to just avoid him completely because he's so unpopular. And that's what it is. Joe Biden is the is the thing you want to avoid. Stay away. He want they stay away. Nobody wants to be near the guy. So he's about to speak on voting rights at some point. I don't know how much of it, if anything, I'll take for you, but I can tell you what he's going to do. He's going to lie and he's going to claim that voting rights are under attack in this country. And so therefore we need to uh, get rid of the filibuster because the filibuster is uh, is is racist and causing voting rights to something, something, something. I'm not quite sure. But that's what we're going to hear about today. And then the federal voting rights legislation is what we're also going to hear about today, uh, which is not voting rights because nobody is is being disenfranchised and being denied the right to vote. It's all a lie, but nevertheless, let, let, let don't let a lie get in the way of their agenda. Here's a couple of other things that happened today. Uh, Rand Paul went after Senator Fauci again over his emails which show that he absolutely knew that coronavirus, the COVID, probably came out of a lab and knew that it probably had something to do with the gain-of-function research that he was funding. This is Senator Rand Paul today going after Asanto Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor. Dangerous. Central planning, whether it be of the economy or of science, is risky because of the fallibility of the planner. It would not be so catastrophic if the planner were simply one physician in Peoria, then the mistakes would only affect that physician's patients, the people who chose that physician. But when the planner is a government official, like yourself, who rules by mandate, the errors are compounded and become much more harmful. A planner who believes he is the science leads to an arrogance that justifies, in his mind, using government resources to smear and to destroy the reputations of other scientists who disagree with him. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Apparently there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they were from Dr. Collins, and you, you agree that they are fringe. And immediately there's this takedown effort. A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down. And not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate 
to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? The, the email you're referring to was an email of Dr. Collins to me. If you look at the email that you responded to and hurried up and said, I can do it, I can do it. We got something in Wired no, magazine. No, no, no. I think in you usual did. fashion... Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Did you ever object to Dr. Collins's characterization of them as friends? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not friends, they're esteemed scientists, and it would be beneath me I, I did to not do that? Be, you responded to him that you would do it, and you immediately got an article you, in Wired, you, you, and you sent it back to him and said, hey, look, I've got them, I nailed them in Wired of all scientific publications. That's not publications. what went on. You, there you go again. That you was just do the same thing every hearing. That was your response. And so, this, wasn't, so, this wasn't the only time. So your desire to take You're down people... You're absolutely incorrect. As usual, Senator, you no. are incorrect almost everything you well, said. Well, no, you deny, you deny, right. but the emails tell the truth of this. No. This wasn't the only time. Your desire to take down those who disagree with you didn't stop with Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. You conspired with Peter Daszak, who you communicated with privately, and other members of the scientific community that wrote opinion pieces for Nature. Five of them signed a, a paper for Nature, an opinion piece. Seventeen signed a paper that called it conspiracy theory, the idea that the virus could have originated right. in the lab. Do you think words like conspiracy theory should be in a scientific paper? Senator, I never used that word when I was referring to it. You're distorting virtually everything. Did you communicate with the five scientists who wrote the opinion piece in Nature where they were describing, oh, this, there's no way this could that have come from, was from the lab? me. What did I you did, talk with any of those see, scientists but privately? You keep, the, you keep the story you? the truth. It is, it is you stunning talk, how you, you do talk that? to any of the scientists privately yes. who wrote the opinion? You did. Well, what were they telling you privately? Well, well, let me explain. You know you're going back to that original discussion when I brought together a group of people to look at every possibility with an open mind. So you, not only are you distorting it, you are completely turning it around. As Were most you of the scientists do. that came to you privately, did they come to you privately and say, no way, this came from the lab? Or was their initial impression, Dr. Gary and Dr. others that were involved, was their initial impression actually that it looked very suspicious for a virus you know, that came from a lab? Senator, we are here at a committee. Do you notice, by the way, that Fauci cannot answer Senator Rand Paul's questions. We all know it came from a lab, and we all know that Fauci knew it came from a lab, and he knew it came from a lab that he funded. Hence why he was trying to take down all these people who were trying to bring the truth out. Instead of him answering any of these questions, all he does is attack Rand Paul. Rand Paul is focusing on the facts of what happened. All Fauci can do is go, Senator, you say mean things about me. Why are you so mean, Senator? What's with all the meanness? Can't you just be nice, Senator? To look at a, a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. And the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public. And you keep coming back to personal attacks well, on he's me there to help. that have absolutely there to no help. relevance to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let our response finish. to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? Do you think it's a great success what's happened right. so far? Do you think you, the lockdowns are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect wow. for the response from the right. government. And now 800,000 people have died. Right. Do you think it's a uh, winning success what you've advocated for government? 
Um, Senator, first of all, if you look at everything that I said, you accuse me of in a monolithic way telling people what they need to do. Everything that I've said. That's exactly what he did. Told people how to live. Told governors how, how they should make rules and make mandates and make restrictions. Did he not do those things? Of course he did those things. And, and it was his idea to do lockdowns. It was his, he perpetuated the ideas. I remember those days back in 2020. I remember him doing Zoom calls with the governors talking about the need to keep things locked down. I remember he keeps teasing it. I mean, he said there were going to be, there's going to be massive death because of Omicron and we should really rethink Christmas. We should really rethink Halloween. Remember, you remember all this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just glad that Rand Paul's calling him out on all this because Fauci has been elevated to sainthood by the left. And I don't know why he's just a government bureaucrat. Well, I guess I just answered my own question, but you have to really think of the of the effort. What have been the results here of his efforts? The results have been a higher death count. The results have been terrible for our country, for the mental health of this country, for the kids, everybody. So don't you have to look at the results and not just look at the intentions of somebody, especially when they're government bureaucrats. You have to look at the results and, and what their policies have led to has been in support of the CDC guidelines. Wear a mask, get boosted. And you've advocated to make it coarse. Take a look at everything that I've said. Be done by mandate. You've advocated that your infallible opinion be dictated by law. Right. So again, Madam Chair, I would like just a couple of minutes because this, this happens all the time. You personally attack me. And with absolutely not a shred of evidence of anything you say. So I would like to make something clear to the committee. He's doing this for political reasons. What you need to do is he said in front of this committee. You think your takedown of I was, prominent I was epidemiologist was not political? You, you don't want me that to finish because you know what I'm going to say. Senator, that was the question. Senator, Were you political in taking down right, these three point, prominent epidemiologists? Senator Paul, if you would please, um, I'm going to allow this, uh, the, Dr. Fauci to respond. We have a number of senators yeah. who would like to ask questions, and I would like him to be able to respond. Please do so. So the last time we had a committee of the time before, he was accusing me of being responsible for the death of five, four to five million people, which is really irresponsible. And I say, why is he doing that? There are two reasons why that's really bad. The first is it distracts from what we're all trying to do here today is get our arms around the epidemic and the pandemic that we're dealing with, not something imaginary. Number two, what happens when he gets out and accuses me of things that are completely untrue is that all of a sudden that kindles the crazies out there. The crazies. And I have life that threats upon my life. So, so let's understand now. Of First my of all, family. the fact that, the, of course, it's a Democrat chair, which is why they're letting him go on about this. And and so he's why you see what he does now is he, he equates going after the truth of what he did with regards to gain of function research and then his efforts to take down scientists who are trying to expose the conspiracy around it. You're going to cause him and his family to die. You understand that you you crazies out there will cause him and his family to die. This is what he's saying. Let's understand a couple facts of what happened here, because I think it's important. And the National Review did a very good write up to make this easy to understand. Fauci and Collins, Francis Collins, dismissed prominent scientists who endorsed the lab leak theory. Not only dismissed them, they savaged them. They tried to they tried to bring them down, take them down, and that's exactly what Senator Rand Paul is talking about. 
You had early on in the pandemic, you had scientists, multiple ones, urging Fauci and Collins to seriously consider that COVID had came from a Chinese lab. The lab leak theory, which, you know, Fauci and Collins have always downplayed, always down, downplayed. They said this is more plausible than this natural wet market theory. And I still to this day don't understand how anybody cannot see now that this was a virus that was made in the lab. We still have not found the origin in nature. It does not behave like a virus that came from nature. And yet here we are pretending like it's an option still, that some dude bought an undercooked bat burger at a wet market. Mark Farzan, who's an an immunology researcher and the discoverer of the SARS receptor, Bob Gary, a virology expert, and Dr. Andrew Rambach, a British evolution biologist, all observed that a particular feature of the virus, the furin cleavage site. Now, we've talked about furin cleavage before on this podcast, mainly because furin cleavage was my Fleetwood Mac cover band in college. I don't understand what it means. All I know is that smart people have said the furin cleavage site was peculiar and suggested that gain-of-function engineering made it look the way it did, which is peculiar. They made these comments in a February 2020 conference call of experts, the notes of which were presented to Fauci and Collins. One month later, March of 2020, Collins said the lab leak hypothesis was outrageous. In May of 2020, Fauci told National Geographic that COVID could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. Now, Dr. Farzan stated that SARS-CoV-2 had the markings of laboratory experimentation that resulted in a virus that immediately proved highly infectious to humans. He said, so given above, a likely explanation could be something as simple as passage, SARS-CoV-2's in tissue culture on human cell lines for an extended period of time, accidentally creating a virus that would be primed for rapid transmission between humans via gain of furin site and adaptation to human receptors. He said it could have been accidental. But if you compare that with the natural event, he said it was 70-30 or 60-40 in favor of the lab. Even if it was an innocent mistake in the lab. But remember something, though. Immediately, immediately Fauci and his thugs got to work dismissing these scientists. Gary echoed Farzan in his analysis, adding that the virus's chemical makeup would mean that the bat virus would have had to have undergone an extremely intricate altercation, more likely to have been performed in a laboratory setting. He said that the furin cleavage site presented in the original COVID strain would be unlikely to emerge in nature in a way that made the virus highly transmissible to humans. Quote, I really can't think of a plausible natural scenario where you get from bat virus or one very similar to it to NCOV where you insert exactly four amino acids and 12 nucleotides that all have to be added at the exact same time to gain this function that you don't change any other amino acid. I just can't figure out how this gets accomplished in nature, he said. And Fauci and Collins were copied on this. And... The skepticism around the idea that this could have come from nature. Now, think about in February 2020, if Fauci and Collins were not trying to cover up the fact that they paid for all this gain-of-function research, but had actually gone in and done something, maybe lives could have been saved. And that's what Dr. Rand Paul's getting at today. Lives could have been saved today. No doubt about it. While questions circulated among these researchers, the scientific establishment was eager to quiet their suspicions, branding the lab leak hypothesis as a conspiracy that must be suppressed. An unsigned meeting note, which was presumably signed off 
By Fauci and Collins says, quote, I share your view that a swift convening of experts in a confidence-inspiring framework seems really the only option. Or the voices of conspiracy will quickly dominate, doing great political harm to science and international harmony. Dr. Ron Fulcher, a Dutch virologist, hopefully I'm saying that right, remarked during the conference that further discussion about such accusations would unnecessarily distract top researchers from their active duties and do unnecessary harm to science in general and science in China in particular. So you had a chance. We had a chance. Excellent reporting by Caroline Downey. We had a chance to do something very early on. But they were more interested in shutting this down. Collins wrote in an April 2020 email of Fauci and other officials, quote, wondering if there is something NIH can do to help put down this very constructive conspiracy with what seems to be growing momentum. He embeds a hyperlink to an article about Fox News anchors supporting the lab leak theory. (laughs) And those crazy radio hosts in Philadelphia. I would not do anything about this right now, Fauci says. It's a shiny object. They go away in time. It'll go away in time. And how they try to make the lab leak theory go away by calling it racist, that it was leading to Asian hate. I mean, they, 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 the whole machine went into overdrive. Corporate media, Facebook, social. China wanted to cover it up. Fauci wanted to cover it up. The money trail leading to all this covered up. And that's the thing, is that you can't really cover this up. Eventually, the truth will come out. That is the beautiful thing. Eventually, the truth will come out. Fauci is guilty here with all this. I mean, he's guilty for paying this, but of course he became a martyr for all this. Oh, Biden just brought up January 6th. He's speaking down in Georgia, and he just brought up January 6th. I'm shocked, shocked to hear it. I told you he would. Let's see if I can bring this up for you, some of this up. With his falling poll numbers now, And we know now that Biden's secretary of education, Cardoza, was behind the efforts to smear parents at school board meetings as domestic terrorists. We also know now the Justice Department is now creating a domestic terrorism unit after January 6th. Told you that, too. They're going to weaponize that and they're going to use it for political purposes. And they are absolutely going to go after people. Absolutely go after people to try to brand them as terrorists and try to shut them down. See if I can pull up Biden here in Atlanta. The coup. A coup against the legally expressed will of the Here American people the coup, by right. sowing doubt. And this is why they'll never let January 6th go, ever. They'll never the let it go. Seeking to steal the 2020 election from the people. They want chaos to reign. We want the people to rule. <laughs> let me be clear. This is not about me or Vice President Harris or our party. It's about all of us. It's about the people. It's about America. Hear me plainly. The battle for the soul of America is not over. We must stand strong and stand together to make sure January 6th marks not the end of democracy, but the beginning of renaissance of our democracy. You know, for the right to vote and to have that vote counted is democracy's threshold liberty. Without it, nothing is possible. But with it, Anything is possible. All right, let me pause this. I'll come back to this possibly. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, a lot of people defend Fauci, obviously, for his service to our nation. But the truth of the matter is, and what I'd like to understand, and what I think everybody should understand, is what did he know about the lab leak theory and what did he cover up? And it's just a simple question. And it's something we should all understand. And all these emails that have come out now about Fauci and Collins and trying to work now to suppress the truth from coming out, that should concern everybody, shouldn't it? 
Project Veritas has another drop of Fauci's emails. And what happens to the media? What does the media do immediately? They start saying, oh, this is not credible. This is not credible. They immediately start dismissing it. As opposed to trying to say, hey, wouldn't it be a good idea to get to the bottom of this? Because if the virus did originate in a lab, and I think we all know it did, then don't we want to make sure that it doesn't happen again? This is not about going back for the purposes of blame. It's about prevention. We have to prevent the next worldwide pandemic from coming out of a laboratory, particularly in China, but wherever around the world that it might come out of. So that's that's today what happened. And there was a whole bunch. I mean, I could do hours on this from what happened today on the on the hearing on Capitol Hill. I could do hours on it, but I don't have time, quite frankly. But I just want to give you that exchange because the exchanges between Fauci and Rand Paul are the absolute best. They really are. They're the greatest. And the uh, this is now just so you know, Joe Biden called Kamala Harris president again just a short time ago. Again, he called her president. Last week, President Harris and I stood (laughs) in the United States Capitol. That's right. President Harris and I, I mean, you know, he's not really president, so might as well call her president. You want to hear all the Republicans defending the filibuster? And why ending the filibuster would be a doomsday for democracy? All these Republicans saying how dangerous it would be to destroy the filibuster, as it's literally playing out right now. Would you like to hear that? These Republicans, these 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 doomsday scenario doomsday sayers. How do you say that again? Right. They want to make this country oh. into a banana republic, where if Sorry, you don't get your way, you change the rules. The legislative filibuster should stay there, and I, I, I will personally uh, resist efforts to get rid of it. I'm committed to never voting, to change Some bald guy the from legislative Delaware. filibuster. That would be the end of the Senate. It raises problems that are more damaging than the problem that exists. You cannot change the rules in the middle of the game because you do not like the outcome. You're going to throw the entire Congress into chaos and nothing will get done. Change the rules in midstream to wash away 200 years of history. Nothing at all will get done. I don't think that we ought to be coming in willy-nilly and and, uh, changing the rules. You can't change the rules in the middle of the game. Ideologues in the Senate want to turn what the founding fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy into the rubber stamp of dictatorship. If you don't have 60 votes yet, it just means you haven't done enough advocacy and you need to work a lot harder. It is ultimately an example of the arrogance of power. Partisan power grab that will stomp on the rights of the minority and leave Congress fundamentally changed for the worse. Preserve checks and balances so that no one party can do whatever it wants. It'll be a doomsday for democracy. The one most important rule that requires compromise, requires working across the aisle. It is a fundamental power grab. Will not stand by when a party drunk with power tries to overturn 200 years of precedent. Ending the filibuster is a very dangerous thing to do. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, So there you go. Those are Democrats. Actually, today, Chuck Schumer, a reporter asked him about this, the hypocrisy. And, and you know, the, the problem, the thing about Democrats is they're, they're, they're complete hypocrites on this. They're, you can't listen to a video like that and then listen to them say they want to get rid of the filibuster and they have a straight face over that. I mean, you cannot get more different from what you just said. You couldn't get further from what you previously just said five seconds ago. If you tried, if you tried, you couldn't. But that's that's just the thing. I mean, you're just literally the opposite of what you're saying now. It's literally the opposite. It's not even like you moved a little bit on it. It's literally the opposite. So. All four of you signed this letter back in 2017 saying you would oppose changes to the filibuster, that it was important to protect memories, rights, input, and all this. I know you feel this bill is particularly important. 
But I just came from a Republican press conference where they called all of you hypocrites for changing your view on that. And I'm curious what you say to that. Uh, my quick answer is because this is about democracy, not about policy. I answered that in my remarks. And let me say that as somebody who signed that at the time, we were not where we are today. Right. We're, we're in terms of this continual abuse, really the tyranny of the minority using the filibuster. Yeah. The Democrats used the filibuster 327 times in the year 2020. Do you know that? 327 times. Here's President Kamala Harris today going out and attacking the filibuster. Go ahead. Senate Republicans have exploited arcane rules to block these bills. Arcane rules. Thank you, President Harris. Arcane rules. Got it? Good. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Let's tune into the president for a moment, shall we, as he is going on. This is why I like doing this afternoon podcast, too. I get to bring you all this breaking news. These exchanges of the Senate hearing that happened today, and there's more. There's there's more, but like I said, I don't have a lot of time today. Obviously, this is a podcast, not a whole show. This is Biden going on now about While voting the rights. Denial of fair and free elections is undemocratic. Oh, it is not unprecedented. Let me see if I can get live. Black Americans were denied. Here we go. Let's see. He's going on about Jim Crow. He talked about January sixth, saying you can't give out water. He was yelling it's about who gets to count the vote. Here we go. And whether your vote counts at all. It's not hyperbole. This is a fact. Look, this matters to all of us. He's yelling. The goal of the former president and his allies is to disenfranchise anyone who votes against them. Stop Simple yelling. Simple as that. Stop yelling. The facts won't matter. Your vote won't matter. We're right here. So just decide what they we're all, want. We're all right here. And then Everybody's do it. Right here. That's the kind of power you see in totalitarian states, not in democracies. We must be vigilant. And the world is watching. Be vigilant. I know the majority of the world leaders, the good and the bad ones, adversaries and allies alike. They're watching American democracy and seeing whether we can meet this moment. And what they're saying is, why is this guy yelling? That's what they're all, all the, the good ones and the bad ones are all saying the same thing. Why is this dude yelling at everybody? This is not hyperbole. We must be vigilant. We must, this is not hyperbole. We must be vigilant over and over and over again, over and over and over again. Look, uh, these restrictive voting laws, you can't hand out water to people while they're in line. The people, how long do people have to wait for COVID tests under this president out of curiosity? How long do they have to wait for COVID tests? Hours and hours are standing in line in the cold. Kids are outside in the cold. Because some idiots and schools now make the kids go outside for reading time in freezing temperatures. But, uh, but if you're standing there in line to vote and somebody brings you a bottle of water, that is somehow liberation. And if there's any rules against that, which there aren't, by the way, but, but even pretending that there are, people are going to be dropping dead of thirst. Just dropping dead of thirst right there. Do you realize this bottle of water lie has been told so many times now that, that I, I think I'm just going to set up a water shop across the street from every polling place? And just sell water. Let people come buy it. It'd be easier. Well, I can't afford water. I know it's a basic human right. Pass the Freedom to Vote Act. Pass it now. He's yelling. He's, let's go to let's go to Grandpa yelling here. Let's go. There are enough drop boxes Oof. during enough hours. Gosh. So they can bring food and water as well. There we go. The water again. To people waiting in line. How long are people waiting the in line? They need to, to eat and drink. Takes on election subversion to protect nonpartisan electors. Officials 
who are doing their job from intimidation and interference. There's already laws about that. And we get dark laws, money out of politics. Create fair district maps and ending partisan gerrymandering. Look. Dark money is, is what uh, Hunter Lewis used to pay the prostitutes in the hotel room, just for the record. Passed the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. You see, this is January 6th to this. I've been having these quiet conversations with the members of Congress for the last two months. I'm tired of being quiet. Whoa. Folks, it'll restore the strength of the Voting Rights Act of 65. The one President Johnson signed after John Lewis was beaten, nearly killed on Bloody Sunday, only to have the Supreme Court weaken it multiple times over the past decade. Restoring the Voting Rights Act would mean the Justice Department can stop discriminatory laws before they go into effect. Before they go into effect. The Vice President and I... You know, there's um, this lie out there that 55 million Americans will not be able to vote if the GOP anti-voter laws go into, into place. 55 million Americans will not be allowed to vote. You know what these voting rights bills do is they ban voter ID. That's the primary thing. I mean, that's the primary thing that they do. Why are Democrats so worried about that? Everybody's got to walk around the vaccine card now in their, in their country. But you cannot, but, 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 voter ID? Oh, no, no, we can't have that. Education Secretary Cardona solicited the National School Boards Association letter. He solicited the letter. He wanted the letter. Comparing protesting parents to domestic terrorists, according to an email that came out. Fox News reporting that Education Secretary Miguel Cardona solicited that letter asked for it, wanted it, needed the letter. The email exchange indicates Cardona was more involved with the letter's creation than previously known. President Biden's Department of Justice relied on this letter, which suggested using the Patriot Act against parents and then creating its own memo, directing the FBI to mobilize in support of local education officials. That's right. He was behind it all. So a friend of mine just asked me, should should boards of, ed- boards of education members be demanding that the Education Secretary stepped down. Absolutely. The unions in this country have so much power. At about 5 o'clock today, King Philip the Unaccountable in New Jersey, I believe, will declare a new public health emergency for the purposes now of keeping our kids masked up in school, even though he doesn't have the votes in the legislature to do it. But the king will go around the legislature because it's what the teachers' union wants. Now, Joe Biden, who hung around and palled around with seggies, as Chris Matthews used to call them, is bringing up all the segregation. And every time, Senate Republicans have blocked the way. Republicans oppose even debating the issue. You hear me? This is all a bunch of lies. I've been around the Senate a long time. Yes, you have. I was vice president for eight years. I've never seen a circumstance where not one single Republican has a voice that's ready to speak for justice now. When I was a senator, including when I headed up the Judiciary Committee, I helped reauthorize the Voting Act three times. We held hearings, we debated, we voted. Was able to extend the Voting Rights Act for 25 years. In 2006, the Voting Rights Act passed 390 to 33 in the house. So let's under let's understand the yelling here. Let's understand what, what's happening here. So Biden is is making this claim that if the GOP has their way, all these people, and he's, he's obviously has a crowd of black voters behind him, all these human beings will not be allowed to vote <clears throat> simply because they're black. All right? This is Biden's argument. And the only way to stop that 
is to destroy the filibuster so they can pass all these 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 voting acts, which will then make sure that everybody can vote. That's the argument here. And January 6th, that's the whole argument. Now, it does not pass muster that this is accurate. It's a lie. Everything that Biden is suggesting is a lie. Everything that guy just said is BS, to quote my cousin Vinny. But again, this is about exactly what the Democrats are trying to do, which is to scare people, again, to use fear, division. You know, it's like somebody said the other day, they said, Rich, you don't really think the Supreme Court's going to uphold the vaccine mandate, do you? I said, no, I don't, not at all. Do you think Biden really wants it to be upheld? I don't think he cares because it's not about a vaccine mandate for a vaccine that doesn't actually stop the transmission of coronavirus. This is this is about division again. It's about dividing people. This is what they do. It's what they do all the time. And this is what he's doing right now, dividing people based on race and saying that if the evil racist Republicans get their way, you will not be able to vote anymore. I mean, it's 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 really amazing. And then they want to do something called the filibuster carve out, which is Charles C.W. Cook at National Review points out. A, 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 a filibuster carve out <clears throat> would then essentially say that whoever is the majority party will be in charge of everything. They will they will they will be in charge of everything, even deciding what could be a carve out and what's not. And he's going to he's going to continue this lie that Republicans are trying to keep black Americans from voting, which is nothing more than a lie. And then what he's going to do is he's going to turn around and say that unless we want to have broad support of voting rights legislation, we have to destroy the filibuster. I got a question. If Tim Scott ran for president, I think he'd be a great president. You think Joe Biden would back him? You think any of these Democrats would back him or they go call him Uncle Tim and all the other things that they would say about him? What do you think? What do you think they would say about him? Now, Manchin does not want to go along with this right now. He does not want to go along with this because he sees the game that's being played here. And Democrats are lying. And the Democrats are trying now to destroy the filibuster. This is where Biden is right now discussing the filibuster. I'm trying to watch and get you the relevant points without having to bore well, the hell out hard of you. I worked on that one. <laughs> but folks, folks, then it was signed in the law the last time by President George W. Bush. Let's see if I can get to where he is right now, talking about the filibuster. Democracy. I support changing the Senate rules. Whichever way they need to be changed Uh, to prevent uh, a minority of senators from blocking action on voting rights. (coughs) When it comes to protecting majority rule in America, the majority should rule in the United States Senate. I make this announcement with careful deliberation, recognizing the fundamental right to vote is a right from which all other rights flow. So the majority should always prevail. The, the majority. Now, we have a system set up so that the majority does not always prevail. That's done on purpose. But the Democrats want to change that, of course, because right now they're the majority. That, that, that montage you heard earlier of all of them coming out and speaking out against the filibuster, that's because they were in the minority then. So you might ask yourself then, okay, so don't they fear being in the minority again? Ah, no, because what the next thing they're going to do once they get rid of the filibuster is make D.C. a state. You make D.C. a state... Then you get two more Democrat senators. Then, then it's game, set, match. Then they're in charge forever, ad infinitum. That's the ultimate play here. That's the ultimate play. So they will be the permanent majority after that. And they know that. And that's why they're not afraid of doing this. They, they should have learned from, you'd think they would have learned from when Harry Reid got rid of the filibuster when it came to judges. Nope, they didn't learn that. And you think they learned this lesson now. No, they won't. Because what they think is they're going to get this done 
using voting rights, the lie about voting rights as the argument. And then they'll turn around and make D.C. a stake at two more senators and then just be in charge in perpetuity. And who cares if they lose the House? It's a scary place to be right now when you watch this happening. You watch this happening. Let me go back to Biden here. And we should make no mistake. This nuclear option is ultimately an example of the arrogance of power. It is a fundamental power grab by the majority party. I'm sorry, that was Joe Biden in 2005. My mistake. I hit the wrong button here. This is Joe Biden uh, right now. on our debt for the first time in our history. Prevent an economic crisis. That was done by a simple majority. As Senator Warnock said a few weeks ago in a powerful speech, if we change the rules to protect the full faith and credit of the United States, we should be able to change the rules to protect the heart and soul of our democracy. He was right. In the days that followed John Lewis's death, there was an outpouring of praise and support across the political spectrum. You know what's funny is that when John Lewis was alive, all these Democrats were against destroying the filibuster. You know that? When John Lewis was alive, John Lewis was against destroying the filibuster when the Republicans were in power. Everybody was against destroying the filibuster. Every, every Democrat was against it when John Lewis was alive. The only reason why they're, they're, they're for it now is because now they're in charge. Now they're in the majority. That's it. That's the only reason right now. Uh, we want to hear some more. I don't know if you want to hear any more. This is kind of boring, right? I mean, I know it's kind of boring, but we got Fauci's emails, which came out today. We got the House Republican leadership coming out. And they're pointing out now they have a lot of questions, a lot of questions that need to be answered regarding Fauci and regarding the gain of function research and regarding his efforts in Francis Collins to cover up now uh, everything regarding the lab leak, this cover up. Representatives Comer and Jim Jordan exposed new Fauci emails. They say point to COVID-19 lab leak cover up. They came out today, the House Oversight and Judiciary Committee, releasing the experts of uh, excerpts of emails Tuesday that they say reveal that Fauci and Collins both tried to cover up all this information. And these are this is information that could have saved lives. So there we go. We'll try to get more details on this for you, obviously. But um, Fauci and Collins, well, Collins had said this, I hope the Nature Medicine article on the genomic sequence of SARS-CoV-2 would settle this, but probably didn't get much visibility. I would not do anything about this right now, Fauci says. It's a shiny object that will go away in time. The very destructive conspiracy pointing out the truth of -of gain-of-function research paying for this virus, which we're all still dealing with today. Dealing with today. Oh, and and Biden was asked today, just for the record, uh, Biden was asked, how do you think you're doing with all this, Mr. President, with handling COVID right now? Higher death count than when Trump was president. People can't find tests. Highest numbers uh, ever, you know, in terms of COVID, record cases in a day. How 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 are you doing with all this, Mr. President, huh? That's the question. How, How are things going? How's America doing right now under your leadership? You want to guess what he said today? You want you want to guess what he said? Let's see. Let's see if I can find it for you. Oh, here we go. Now this is and he's a little bit snippy here. Just for the record, a little bit snippy. Here we go. President, President, are you are you concerned overall about the progress on the pandemic right now? Do you feel like your administration is not meeting the targets it needs to meet? Well, I am concerned about the pandemic just because it worldwide is not slowing up very much. And uh, thank God, what we've been able to do is I've been able, just so stupid, I've been able to uh, generate significant federal help 
in terms of folks both coming into the hospitals and administering all the help that these states need. That's what we're doing now, but I'm confident we're on the right track. Thank you, Alex. We're confident we're on the right track. Do you feel like we're on the right track? As well as this push for voting rights. Do you think we're on the right track out of curiosity? Now, Biden was asked about the scheduling mix-up today with Stacey Abrams, too. That, that's, uh, that was also what he was asked about here. Let's take a listen, shall we? I spoke with Stacey this morning of a great relationship. We got our scheduling mixed up. I'm going to be I talked with her at length this morning. We're all on the same page, and uh, everything's fine. How about the other boycotts, sir? Other boycotts of the state. I'm talking to Russia. Thank you, Scheduling is mixed up. Man, she, she was getting uh, oil changed. And you know how hard it is in this economy, in my America, to get your oil change. Supply chain issues are terrible, so she couldn't cancel, even though I was in town. Because you know what happens then. You got to wait two more months to get an oil change because of my economy. And then the price will go up like everything else. So you can't blame her. We'll reschedule. No big deal. I'll be back soon. All right. Hey, thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day today. I have a lot more analysis on all of this for you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.